I'm David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. This is Renovation Made Right. If you're considering a remodeling project now or sometime in the future, Renovation Made Right is your single source to help guide you through getting the project you want and an experience that you'll enjoy. Renovation Made Right tackles topics that range from how to select the right project and contractor to tips on surviving the remodeling process to best practices for kitchen and bath design. We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build remodeling company Black Dog Builders in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire. We're sitting down with industry professionals to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. So, welcome back to another episode of Renovation Made Right. Uh, my name is David Bryan. And I'm the better person. I'm Brenda Bryan. Yes, you are. Most per- certainly the better person. In fact, my better person <laughs> and I just celebrated 32 years of marriage yesterday. 32 so years. Woo woo. Um, We're and, so old. Uh, we also are fortunate enough today to uh, have a guest with us, and uh, it is Steve DeSico from DeSico Landscape. And we've had Steve on before, uh, and we have asked him to uh, to work with us again for another episode because uh, the first conversation that we had was geared around helping people think about what should they look for in a landscaping contractor and when to think about uh, you know design in-house or out-of-house or a design-built company or a landscape architect, things like that. Today, we want to focus on a few more things that are, are hardscape-related because I know, keeping in mind right now, we're still recording this during the pandemic, um, and uh, and you know one day this will be an old show and it won't it won't be as relevant necessarily. Won't but be as right relevant. now, there's big demand right for outside uh, spaces, and so I know hardscape is going to be a, a big topic, and and even pool construction. There's big demand for that right now. So we're going to go ahead and and bring Steve back in. Steve, welcome. Uh, good morning, David and Brenda. Hi. Congrats, congratulations. Yeah, thank oh, you. Oh, thank you. Thirty-two years, yeah. Uh, yeah, I tell you what. Every morning I wake up, I'm like, "Holy cow, she's still here." <laughs> I, I, I'm a little surprised she hasn't figured it out yet. So, uh, it's uh, it surprises me too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so let's get started with uh, with the challenges associated with the pandemic. I think tons of people are interested in moving outside, and I think often that means some kind of hardscape solution. So. Uh, tell us what, um, as, as a homeowner is thinking about working with a contractor on hardscape, this, this is an area where I think it's all about, a lot of it can be about not just design, but integrity, right? The average homeowner really doesn't know whether a contractor is putting in all the right stuff. And in a hardscape area, what, what, from my knowledge, what really matters is what goes underneath what you see, right? And how well a contractor prepares the subsurface because that's going to increase Longevity, right? So, how do you, how do homeowners? Should, should, what should homeowners be looking for when we're talking about a patio, or talking about a fire pit area, or talking about an outdoor kitchen? What what should we be thinking about on the on the hardscape side of things? Uh, you're right about the the average homeowner probably doesn't really realize what the what goes into the preparation before a hardscape, and that is the most important part. So, you, they should be looking for really specific a specific spec that the contractors are giving most contractors will give you a if they're will give a specification on what material the depth of excavation the depth of the base material and what material they plan on using and if if it's left a little vague and fuzzy let's say in the conversations or or contracts come leading up to the project 
you should be wary of that and you should clarify that to clarify what it is what it is the other interesting part about base the base material on some typical hardscape let's say patios or or um, any type of paver work it's interesting that recently there we're changing the base material what we what we used to do the the is is changing to a new new subsurface let's call it the the um manufacturers the manufacturers of the pavers have come up with a new technique and uh so you you should find a contractor that's always keeping up with the the uh, changing practices and keeping up with the times as far as doing what's changing over to what's the best practice so so one thing i just i want to point out and i don't know what the what the rule is in terms of you know it's frost heaves and things like that so that's one of the things you need to think about in new england um we have we have listeners that are listening in california and brazil and portugal or like right like all over the place so um this does not necessarily apply to you but in new england steve what what is sort of the basic um substrate that you need under under a hardscape yep well first you would excavate to remove all the at least as deep to remove all the organic organic material organic soils get down to a subsoil base and excavate enough that you would have eight to ten inches of a three-quarter inch crushed stone mm-hmm. and then you're going to want about a three-quarters of an inch of a bedding course a very fine crushed stone bedding course mm-hmm. and then the final stone on top okay so yeah. your your whole excavation should be 12 to 13 inches deep so now let me ask you so it's interesting as you're talking about um manufacturers changing the substrate that people are putting in it's very much akin to what we have evolved into in the shower and like making custom showers we do a lot of custom showers and there was a time when it was we would make a custom copper pan uh, and we would put polyethylene up on the walls and cement board over that and we'd start tiling right and today there's a whole different series of materials and solutions that result in a much better outcome and they're all been driven by you know um, manufacturers improving products improving outcomes and so What's different today, and it, I, I, I would honestly, it surprises me to hear you say that because uh, I would never have expected that the technology for supporting uh, hardscape has changed. What what have they suggested to move to, or what's different than what you used to do? Yeah, it, it is surprising that they changed. I think even to hard, even to contractors, are resistant to change. Mm-hmm. The the uh, that's a big thing that it's a, it, you're resistant to change because you think oh the old way is it was the, you know the the original best way the the biggest thing is the material the material that we put under there I mentioned that we would use eight to ten inches of three quarter inch crushed stone mm-hmm. so that's that material is a uh, all e- equal size stones about three quarters of an inch jagged jagged stones three quarters of an inch large we we, you could use a recycled base material which it's it's fine it's processed gravel and it's a um a mixture of fine fines sand small sand particles and fine material like that all the way up to three quarter so and it would pack really hard and then you would put a stone then on top of that you would put a sand or a stone dust 
a base uh, uh, betting course, and then you would lay your pavers on top. The the big difference with that is that that's that packed material and the sand on top is not an all ag- aggregate base. It's it's more of a sand. So is that sand is base. that to say that it doesn't drain as well, or is that it, it, it has the ability ability to settle more? It doesn't drain as well. Exactly. Got it. Got the, it. Okay. And the what would happen? And this is this is. But if there was a little, if there was a small sections that had maybe uh, a little bit more sand than another section, if it wasn't, if that gravel wasn't perfectly flat, the the part with a little more sand would settle just a little bit. Mm-hmm. The sa- the sand is inconsistent. The the way that if you have a a quarter of an inch more sand in one spot versus another, the it it responds inconsistently over time. Okay. And, and it won't the, that material won't drain. The new base material is an all, all we call it an all aggregate, op, open graded aggregate, and it will drain. Mm-hmm. It just it's it automatically drains all the the uh, water through. Which concept, even which the bedding course. It's important to to have even the bedding course as an aggregate. It's a very fine crushed stone, but it's a it it. It almost, if you just looked at it in a pile, looks like sand, but it's it's actually stone material that water would go through. So, Steve, this is really interesting because uh, I'm I'm learning something today. You know, I, it, when I kind of close my eyes and think about hardscape jobs I've seen done by other contractors, um, I, I always see that sandstone finish. That, that's the that's the product they're setting the the patio in, and this is now a very different solution. This is a and it's a very different thought process, right? That goes around doing it properly, and I'm, like you said. This is an excellent thing for homeowners to know because, like you said, I think contractors, I don't mean to make generalizations, but the truth is we're we're a little slow to change and we're a little slow to adopt new technology. We're a little more comfortable with, well, you know what? It's the way I've always done it. And, uh, and But this is a really well, different that, process. That is a, in some cases, that's a, that's a fair assumption because new technology sometimes causes problems and you have to warranty it and pay for it. So I know if you have something that works, do you necessarily want to switch to something new? So in fairness to contractors, sometimes <laughs> the way you've always done it is sometimes still good. So, right, but however... Yeah, but however, right. new technology needs to be tried out. And, right. Yeah. Right. So, so that's really interesting, Steve. And I think um, it probably also helps the longevity of the installation over time would you say oh it does yeah yeah it's a, it's just a strong a stronger lo- longer um, guaranteed pr- product it really is it's uh we we're, we we love it I and mean, we've we've switched to this two years ago it's been about yeah it's been two two seasons almost two full seasons and we just we won't go back the old way listen let me ask you do you do anything different when you're prepping, I, there, this is not a widespread thing. We see them occasionally. I have a neighbor of ours happens to have one. Their entire driveway is pavers versus uh, a patio or a fire pit area or an outdoor kitchen area. Um, do you do different work to prep for a paver driveway than you do for a patio or a, a you know an outdoor area that's going to see less weight or no vehicle traffic? The material is the same. the The big difference is just the depth. So okay, so you do the, a deeper substrate. A deeper base. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. And you know, another thing, each site. This is this is also where choosing the right contractor would come into play. Is each site maybe has different site so uh, site conditions mm-hmm. or soil conditions rather. So knowing what you're getting into as you're prepping and digging the digging out what the the old existing. 
is is important because sometimes you may even go with a a, uh, a bigger stone below. Okay. On, a dr- on a driveway, typically, we may recommend go with a few inches of a uh, inch and a half crushed stone, mm-hmm. a bigger a bigger inch and a half crushed stone. Then you could go up up to a few inches of that. Then you would go up to maybe six or eight inches of a three quarter inch crushed stone, and then go to your bedding course, your fine bedding course. So uh, getting a little bigger base material below is good. And are you, um, when you're installing all that product, are you compacting that uh, with a vibrating compactor as you go? Or is that because it's crushed stone, is it essentially doing it itself? That's a great question, David. Mo- most people wouldn't realize that the crushed stone really compacts itself. Or it doesn't, it doesn't have voids. The, 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 vo- the voids that are in the crushed stone don't require c- compacting. We do, we do compacting with a with a plate compactor, right? Okay. So a vibra- vibrating plate compactor. In the case of the the old way, let's say the gravel material, you would have to every two to three inches, mm-hmm. you would have to make sure you compacted it, and then put two or three more inches and compact again. Okay. With the crushed stone, we're able to do it in larger. We call those lifts. We would do it in larger lifts. We throw down four to six inches of the crushed stone, run a compactor over it. And then, then come to the top to the final surface with crushed stone and run a compactor over. Yeah, and so that's another thing that homeowners should be looking for, right? So you want to be seeing your contractor out there doing that, and, and you know, as the project develops, you don't want to just see a dump truck pull up, you know, throw a bunch of stone off, and then they're laying brick. You know, that you you want to see that that uh, foundational work uh, that's going to give the longevity to the project. You, that's what con- that's what homeowners should be expecting out of their contractor. And so, so it's, I think it's appropriate to actually ask your contractor, please, please explain to me your process for installing my patio, right? And, and, and if, because not every contractor is going to have the same process and that can help homeowners figure out, you know, the, uh, the winners from the losers. Right. Right. Yeah. They, oh, they should, they should be asking specific, specifically, what, what are you going to do? You know, the, the excavating process and the, the putting in the base material is, it, it's, it's more important than, than the, the installing of the final papers. Well, so now let's talk about that. So we talked about sort of the the stuff that's not so pretty. Now let's talk about the pretty stuff because I'm sure many of your customers just want to start looking at stones, the, the, or patio blocks, or whatever it is, or pavers. They they want to start looking at the the stuff they're going to see and make selections and get excited about that. Um, what uh, what kind of input and recommendations do you have for for consumers? when they're making the selections, when they're going to materials, whether that's a, you know, something as like a natural product, like a bluestone or sandstone, or whether that's going to a man-made product, like some of the pavers, um, what, uh, how do you guide people through that discussion? Yeah, each, each product or, or each project or, or um, setting that the material will be in will drive a little bit of that, that uh, discussion. And this is another, this is another reason to, to find a good contractor that knows a lot of the material that's on the market or all the options. Uh, the, the, we're using mostly pavers now, less bluestone uh, than we have in the past. And I think that's because the paver, the pavers now are getting to be the, they've come so far that they're, they are, they're they're mimicking real stone really well. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's the advantage you have to that that offers is the the colors. You'll have a you can control the colors that you choose and you'll have more of a variety of colors if you're going with manufactured stone. Okay. 
All right. And is that also true? I'm assuming that's also true in terms of the idea of doing like retaining walls and things like that, that, you know, the interlocking and manufactured stuff is uh, is probably more structurally sound than a masonry wall. You, you know, obviously, a lot of it depends on what your aesthetic preference is, right? If a customer really wants that stone wall look, well, that's what's got to happen, right? But but there's probably advantages to the, the blocks that are designed to create retaining walls versus going through a masonry solution. There, yeah, there are some advantages, and the it's it's definitely the style that you're looking for. With the uh, w- w- one thing that we're leaning towards now, I find is modern look. Clients are looking for more modern style materials, a little bit break break from the norm, let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we, with the interlocking blocks, you can you can achieve that. You can there's there's so many varieties out there that you can achieve a very modern but i also i also assume that that same thing exists there is that you know not all block is made the same right and not all block is as well thought through when it comes to requiring you know strength for retaining i, I know that you know there have been in the old days there have been blocks where you put like fiberglass rods down to connect them and, and and you know there's a lot of and some require fabric that goes back into the dirt and stuff like as you, you know between the layers and so there's a lot of, a lot to understand right there's a lot, to, yeah. There's a lot to understand. That's why we, we have specialists. We are specialists in this. Uh, um, pool construction obviously has been super popular. We have a couple. We've noticed we've got some friends who've wanted pools, and you know, at, it, it, they started calling as the pandemic kind of took grip, and they couldn't find pool contractors. Were like, yeah, we'll talk to you in three years or two years or whatever. Right, and right. we have we have people who wanted like a hot tub, and there's no hot tubs we purchased. So, how are you dealing with uh, those those homeowners who are really still expecting to want to make their you know their backyard a little bit of an oasis, a little bit of a safe space? Uh, how are you dealing with with the demand, or, or what can you do to help company help uh, help people think about how do they go about getting their their desires realized in the you know before uh, you know three years from now? Right. When they won't yeah. want to be outside anymore because they're so sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there has been a big demand. The, the demand is, has caused a backlog. Our, ba- our backlog was bigger this year than in the past. And uh, re- really the only way that you can – we can't do more than what we can do. Right. Uh, so it's a matter of just selecting the, selecting the projects that you feel are a best fit. And explaining a big part of that would be explaining the the um, a process and the backlog and the scheduling up mm-hmm. front, mm-hmm. so their expectations would be would be set. Setting expectations would be a big thing. Uh, there's a lot of times we could phase projects in, where if they're really looking for some outdoor space, maybe we can get part of it part of it done quickly. And, and come back to to finish it off at some point if that's if it's practical in some in some cases sure. uh, so there there are ways to kind of work around some of the scheduling issues but right, right now it has been a challenge it's very challenging so given that you do a lot of work with pools as well and whether you're the general contractor who oversees the whole thing or whether you're brought in to do the the, the landscape work hardscape work after um, any any pointers or recommendations for um, our listeners about what they should be thinking about and looking for when they're uh, trying to push forward, even if they can't have it as soon as they want it, which is probably the case, what should people be thinking about um, when considering the idea of a pool? 
the the first thing to think about would be understanding the expectation that it, it takes longer than you think. I, the with a pool project, you're probably looking looking depending on how customized it is. It, it could take six to twelve weeks. Okay. All right. Yeah, so, it's, and that, that's a really that's, good thing because people just think, hey, it's just a hole in the ground, right? And it's not just a hole yeah. in the ground. Right. That's that's the, the construction time, not including planning, planning it out, and, and you know the, the process of you know looking at quotes and all that. So starting early, sorting through quotes, and understanding once you once you start, it does it doesn't necessarily move quickly. I think that's the 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 frustration of the clients get frustrated with the pools that take three months to build, and it's it's. I think understanding that up front is a big part of it. And would you say would you say that today that's even a little bit worse because maybe contractors are bouncing around and trying to run more projects concurrently? So they're so instead of sitting on one job and focusing and getting it done, they might be, you know, uh, starting one, bouncing to the next one, coming back, and is that happening more? or Is that not really a problem? That not intentionally. So that, that, I, I see that that does happen. I, I'm not. That's not an intentional pr- uh, practice. Let's say I don't think. And I, with, with pool companies, it's with with uh, with swimming pools. You're coordinating a lot of trades. I know as well as the renovations that you you have. So that's that's part of the challenge. Part of the challenge would be coordinating all the trades and each, each with each uh, trade that has to come in. Sometimes there could be a delay or things might, may not go right. Uh, at this point now, getting material is sometimes a delay. Ah. Not 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 everything. If it's a little bit customized, even even standard material now, sometimes there's a backlog getting it. So uh, these are all things to consider. Right. Fair right. enough. All right. So Steve, I am getting the side from our producer Merrill saying it is time for us to wrap up. Um, Brenda and I would really like to thank you yes, for thank uh, you very much. for taking time out of your day uh, and being with us and and helping our listeners learn maybe a little inside peek of what uh, what the landscaping world is like and maybe some things for them to think about as they're uh, I'm sure they spent the winter thinking about I want to get out of the house and have a beautiful yard in the spring especially <laughs> today when it's five degrees right. and you're thinking wow I can't go anywhere <laughs> right. I can't see yeah. anyone. So we uh, yeah. So I recommend start early. Yeah, exactly. So that's a that's a big takeaway as well. So again, uh, I want to thank you very much for being with us. And uh, as we talked about in the last show, uh, Deseco Landscape is a uh, is a design build landscaping company out of Middleton, Mass. And uh, you can find them online uh, and Google them for uh, uh, Deseco Landscaping. So thank you very much to you for being with us. Thank you. All right. So this is Renovation Made Right. We are signing off. I am Brenda Bryan. And I am David Bryan. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website, renovationmaderight.com, and follow us on social media at Renovation Made Right. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you like the show, leave us a review.